This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Space Rangers, episodes three and four. I've got a pilot whose emotions are a mystery. Got a missionary alien on point, a trigger-happy rookie, and a flight engineer who's half robot. Anybody else would call us misfits, but I call us family. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast getting yellow hazard pay. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Did they call it yellow hazard pay? That's what they called it. So do you think yellow is the medium level? Yeah, I think that's like a, a like a minor hazard and pay. And then it gets orange. Orange. Then red. It's got to be the... Red. Gotta be Fuchsia. The, Fuchsia. The red, red's got to be... Violet. It's got to be the most hazardous you could ever have it. You think so? Yeah. Even in the future? Yeah, triple pay. Oh my God. Well, Jordan, so I've got something for you that's real. Mm-hmm. We got a little something from a listener. Oh, really? Yeah, we did. It's right here. The listener was, I, I don't know if they're happy or dis, dissatisfied with our sound effects, but they thought we could use a little something to uh, improve our <laughs> listener skills. Oh, that's I don't pretty know. good. I guess, I guess when, the, when an important point comes up, we'll be like, hey, Jordan, can you believe Doc's a piece of shit? Um, so we're just going to become like a zoo crew sort of thing? yeah so i got this thing now oh how about that what's it called it is called a zoob tube sounds about right sounds sounds perfect zoob tube i'll just put this down here for the time whatever it's for the listener it's about seven feet tall (laughs) and striped and striped it's very bright it's very loud but uh it's very exciting the cat's gonna love it hearing that noise oh yeah The, the cat's gonna come running he's gonna she he she gonna join the podcast never gonna happen put him put her on mic <laughs> all right well let's get to it because today we're joined by returning guest courtney for this episode three and four hey guys thanks for having me back how many times have you been on third time third time's a charm I think this is a, you haven't been here since space bum beyond if i'm not mistaken does that sound right to you i think that's right yeah you did harsh realm harsh realm space above beyond and yeah. now space rangers was that the name i couldn't remember that was the name of the show i watched yeah, space rangers. awful no this one i know oh. the other one I, I totally blanked i was trying harsh to think realm of it today space above beyond Space above beyond. I've blocked it out, I think. You but you remember Harsh Realm like no one's business. Yeah, that's right. Favorite show. That's because DP Sweeney. That's right. It all comes back to casting really for me. Mm. It's really the only thing that Well this this going. this show's got some problems then. Well mm. Well wait, wait. I have some fans. I'm a fan of one person. So uh before we get started though, I wanted to give us a little a little thing here. I did a little uh research on the show so we could sort of fill out the uh very important background of the creation of Space Rangers. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan is well. I just, I, I, I can only imagine it only took a couple days to figure out what the show was and cast it and shoot it. Can I, can I ask a quick question just before we really dive into everything? Sure. Okay, so you guys have already recorded one podcast about the first two episodes. Absolutely. How many episodes of the show aired? Six. Six aired. aired? Didn't air. Four aired. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, keep it going. It was canceled after one. It was canceled after one. Yeah. Also makes sense. Keep yeah. going. Big okay. mistake. It all Huge. checks out. Wait till you hear what Jordan's ratings were on the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was pretty high, um, and we'll get there. But sorry. Okay. all right. Well, what I did is I kind of looked into the creator of the show, a Pendentium, who uh, is important probably because for our podcast he's a Canadian, mm-hmm. just like us. 
Mm-hmm. All three of us. <laughs> and him. And him. Um, so I did a little bit of looking into sort of what his background was before he made this show. Kind of interesting, actually. Uh, this is maybe, I don't know if this is as important to Americans or even Canadians, maybe, but he, it turns out he worked with Marshall McLuhan for a while. Really? Yeah, apparently the beginning of his career, which is, uh, you know, a, a huge uh, person in the media world as far as media theory goes, which was a kind of interesting. Um, but basically, he kind of rose to fame because he uh, wrote Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's right, he did. Uh, he had a co-writer, John Watts, on it. But he also went on to produce Backdraft, Blown Away, and Tank Girl. So he did some pretty big movies. And in fact, he even like was involved in the relaunch of The Outer Limits in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So he was a pretty big mover and shaker probably around the time the show came out he even has two oscar nominations does he really for he what? does robin hood for sure no no actually not? not for robin Hood. he had created two short films one narrative one uh documentary hmm. they were both nominated for oscars so he was at the oscars twice there was no way robin hood was nominated for an oscar i loved that movie i wish this podcast was about that movie you, christian you, slater is in it you should rewatch it <laughs> it's well, pretty fair. bad fair. but there's some that's got some good casting yeah okay yeah Except for the lead. You don't like Kevin Costner? As Robin Hood? I do not. Uh, fair enough. I mean, I liked it when it <laughs> came out. Hair? Uh, well, <laughs> there's there's several problems. The, <laughs> the hair is not helping. You're always, you're always worried about hair. Yeah, I am. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Considering how terrible this show is, this man has quite an illustrious career. And I don't know if it's terrible. I mean, it's Derivative. Terrible. Well, it's derivative, yeah. But not uh, certainly not terrible. <laughs> it's, well, it's well. We'll get into it. Here's here's what my point. I'll I'll keep p- making over and over. It's not a good show. It's super derivative. There's nothing original in the show. However, it's not pretentious at all, and it's just about going out in space and having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that good time part. But <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> all right, let's get into the interview summary for episode three, the replacements, budget cuts overwork, bureaucracy, and failing equipment push the crew towards breaking point. Wise's idea of help proves very unpopular. Throw creepy master criminal Isogol into the mix (laughs) and sit back and watch the fireworks. That was courtesy of Jules Taylor. I think there's a lot there that the show intended to do but i don't i don't know how much of that like i don't the the crew's not pushed to a breaking point i mean there are no fireworks (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) push to the breaking point that was definitely more interesting than the episode was (laughs) (laughs) all right well it starts off with our heroes they're they're pulling up to a stolen transport in the old slingship 377 and oh boy that ship's falling apart yeah you get you get a real sense that there's technical trouble because of those old classic budget cuts. Yep the the radi the sorry the radar shroudings malfunctioning. <laughs> they thought they were on yellow hazard pay, but that was cut two weeks ago. It's just straight time now. That was <laughs> one of my favorite lines. I appreciated since I had no idea what was happening when it just started again, like just right mid in, into it. I will say this opening the, the idea that like we're gonna see like how the functioning of the world works, where it's just like what hazard pay is what budget cuts why there'd be budget cuts like what what is the bureaucracy like it's a i wanted them to fill out this idea but like these throwaway lines that's the end of it. but you yeah know, but, you want them to like it like they're they're like they're cops like they're legitimately like just paid to do a job well and this is the first time they've really been positioned as police officers yeah they they threw that into they've never mentioned that before oh, they okay. said originally they were peacekeepers and marines is what they said originally and now they've thrown in cops but you as we've said before 
there's no question they don't fill in the gaps. This show has no intention of doing that. You know that their world building as they mention something like, hey, look over there. And then they keep moving. Well, I have a question for you, because at some point in this opening, they refer to themselves as federal space rangers. <laughs> yeah. What country are they working I for? I don't know. So what space country? Earth. It's just the whole thing. Country, the space country Earth. Of Earth, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've started noticing these episodes now. Whenever they cut to Xylan working his like whatever, he has like a workstation. Don't know what he does there. Who's Zylan? Which Z- one is he? Zylan's the alien with the face stuff. Thank you. Because the one that's like the main, like the main one, one, one main of alien. their guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't catch his name. Had no, I have so many questions about him. He was kind of interesting. Every just because t- I didn't know what he was, what was happening. Every time they cut to his workstation, he's just doing hand movements. And yeah. this time when they cut to him at the beginning, he's throwing up the devil horns. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like what does that do to your system here? I don't understand. <laughs> they just gave no direction. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be it. So they found this stone transport. They uh, they dock with the ship, and um, we definitely get to see how there is no scale to this show. Their ship literally is half the size of the transport they're landing on. Sure. And uh, they end up in a bit of a gunfight with the smugglers. And what are they fighting over? It's it's steel iron ore, isn't it? Well, that's what they find on it, and, which is worthless. So it doesn't really make sense what the smugglers want on the ship that they've stolen. How exciting was that gun battle, though? So exciting. Yeah, it was like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I think my notes are those special effects, LOL. (laughs) Yeah, they're not good. They aren't good. They're Um, not good. In the the fight, Doc gets his robotic arm blown off. Yeah, Yeah, and at this point, I'm like, is this guy an android? He might as well be. He's got so many... Uh, he, they parts. go into it like that he's just put put together with tape basically i got there later but at first i was like okay where, where'd that robot arm come from <laughs> but didn't that, wasn't but that fun looking looks... it, it was fun watching his robot arm grip and did you like when uh jojo got lightly kicked in the chest yeah <laughs> and fell down and the, it broke three ribs can we yeah also what can i swear what the fuck is up with her outfit why does she have a corset on i i mean like it's basically a corset she's it makes wearing she's no wearing a sense. Full, uh, like, flight Jumpsuit suit, with- and then on top of it, of course, I think the answer is um, she's a woman. Yeah, but none of the other women have it, which is weird. I think, she's just, I think be she's just proud of her hourglass figure. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it so what about, much. What, but you know what? Does it not match her headband? Oh, she's the worst anyway. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I hated that. And I was like, oh, of course. Absolutely. Like, Maybe she, it helps when she, she when she flies when the she's ship. When she's flying. And I was like, yeah, which also is ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> yeah, she, if, if I you, hated that opening shot. If you don't remember from last episode, to fly the ship, you have to lay down on a massage table. <laughs> I think that's basically the only thing that felt like I hadn't seen before. And I know I have not watched a lot of sci-fi, but I feel like I've seen this episode 17 times. I mean, you have. This show is yeah. something that's been made uh, by right. everyone else on Earth. Cool. Yeah. In this fight, uh, how much there's there's sort of like one smuggler we'll see a bunch of times. He never gets a name that I caught. No, um, but he looks like a knockoff Kardashian. A Kardashian? <laughs> yeah, like he looks like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> no, a Kardashian from Star Trek. He has it's the same face. Yeah, on a show that like on Deep Space Nine. I think the best thing this show does is their alien designs. Whoever is doing it is the most talented, and they put the most effort into it. Now, it's not always knock out of the park, but compared to corset mm-hmm. outfits and mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to the, the ship. special effects and the ship yeah. and the yeah. sets the and everything, are pretty yeah, good. they're pretty good. He, this this knockoff Cardassian fellow, he also has another power. He can dissolve into little 
bits. Yeah, yeah. He, it looked like he it's like particle combustion reforming, basically. Yeah, but it looks like That's he kind of scientist. Yeah, he, he basically <laughs> he breaks apart into little like gel balls and then yeah. disappears. And then like dissolves into a wall. Yeah, and they don't really. It, it, it felt it, like X Files. Well, I feel like I've seen that on X Files. But see, what the X Files would have done is they would have followed up on that, and that would have become something. This show has a tendency to they go, "Hey, isn't that cool?" Don't ever think about they this did. guy really again. They, they did though. I know, but not like it's not the the driving point of the show is not. Oh, this guy has this power. Let's find out how that happened. It's just sort of like incidental. Well, and the other thing is like again, you know, not watching the first two, I was like, is this common? Is this a is this a type of person? We're all seen... gonna be able to do that, but then we see later that it's really uncommon. In the first two episodes, there are practically no aliens actually, so we're seeing the most aliens in okay. these two episodes okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. the The whole premise is they get in this gunfight. A couple guys get hurt. They capture one of the smugglers. Old Dissolvo gets away, and they get the they get the transport back. and And we pop back to Fort Hope, their home base. And I just want to mention something. I've realized it's now kind of it's their uh, like handheld footage from Freaky Links. It's their thing. It starts off with a voiceover every time you go back mm-hmm. to the beginning, and it never relates to the episode itself. I mean, loosely. It, yeah, yeah. I think his voiceover right now was uh, they land, and he's like. Boone's voiceover is, I got a pilot whose motions are a mystery. I wrote like, this Jojo? Too. Why? Why are her motions a mystery? <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, and Zygon? Or what's his name? Zygon? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a missionary. He just mentions that. He <laughs> yeah. just throws it in there. I'm like, I was like, what is this voiceover about? And that, a, that... a trigger happy rookie. And a, oh, yeah. And a flight engineer who's half robot. Half robot. I just, I just love how, yeah, exactly. how uh, lackadaisical they are about just throwing information at the viewer that may or may not be important. Well, That's what the show does, does constantly. Does he, normal, yeah. does he normally talk? Like, I knew he was the captain pretty quickly. Also, for alternative casting, you guys have definitely seen the Billy Ray Cyrus comparison. <laughs> yeah. I cannot yes. get it. I think out we of talked it. about that off air. Honestly, I. I love it. It's the, one of the, my favorite things because it just made it at least fun to watch. I think it was a very particular uh, moment in time where that hairdo was really cool. I mean, like, like maybe there was like two months. Everyone on the show has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, Doc and Jojo are carted off to medical care and, and Mimmer's there with his little glasses to, I guess, fix his arm. Although he's kind of a doctor as well. I'm... At first, he's just a scientist, kind of a Q character who comes up with weapons. And now this episode, they're like, oh, yeah, he's also a doctor. Because I think they're just uh, like, well, we need him to do something. So well, now he's he, a medical doctor. But if he's, mm, yeah, I guess with the JoJo stuff, but like with the arm, maybe that's a crossover. It, it was, yeah, it was very loose. That's what I, I kind of, I also wrote it out the way. I'm like, then maybe it's because the med, uh, he's got a robot on. Because I mean, they're in space. There's probably no one else that's qualified to be med- do medicine. Yeah. And we get a little. Um, that was a joke. Sorry. It was a bad joke. I mean, they got to space. I'm hoping somebody knows something about Not medicine. On this show. It wouldn't surprise me. They like right. they they have so little curiosity. I wouldn't be surprised if like the, I mean I'll get into it right now because what we learn about Doc is um he's been really badly hurt by getting his arm like he's like on death's door yeah by getting his robot arm shut off with I'm just like ha he like he's not even bleeding how is he dying I think what they're trying to imply and not not in a very well thought out manner is that. It's a it's a accumulation of all the injuries he's had, and they're sort of going. And now this arm is sort of the last bit. But again, it's like, yeah, it just looks like a robot arm fall off. Like, what's a big deal? Maybe it's attached to nerves or something. Mimmer says, "Why don't you just get a biological arm?" So apparently, this whole time he could have just got a human arm put on, but he can't. But what we find out is he is basically so unfit for duty that he should have been kicked out of the Space Rangers years ago. He's just been bribing people. So 
he is bribing people so he can keep working for like there's no way he's making money in this job well not when he's not getting his yellow pay or whatever they call it yeah yellow hazard pay yellow hazard pay i just like the idea it's like you're so unfit that you have to pay a ton of money to people to like stay in your job i'm like how are you making any money but he loves it he does it for like the, the glory the glory um but to your point does he need a doctor i mean they end up installing his backup robot arm using an air conditioner repairman drops by to put it on <laughs> i love that too yes yeah. and this arm is like wonky for the rest of the episode he can't control it for some reason it never comes back though you think there's going to be like something his arm does because it can't move i mean again they always start you down a path and you go oh i see where this is going and it's not going to because it's as if the writer flipped the page and said well i can never go back to what happened on that page so i, I don't, if i don't remember We'll never see it again. But yeah, for like a scene, he's like, oh, my arm is crazy. Then it doesn't really matter. Again. It's over. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that robot arm. <laughs> it's all it's, it's all fine. Yeah. Um, they they did get one prisoner in the transport uh, and he won't talk. Like He won't say what they were there for. And did you like the insult he had when, Bo- when Boone was uh, quizzing him? He's like, "What's what was on there? We want to know what you had on that transport ship. Is it when he said you and your grandma? Yeah. I loved it. That's a good insult. I was like, you and your grandma? What? <laughs> I had it written down because I thought you guys were going to pull that, but then I couldn't read my writing. So thank you for reminding me what it said. (laughs) But essentially what they've found out is there's nothing of value on the transport. So they can't figure out why they were there. There's just a bunch of iron ore. Nobody wants that. And Boone is like suspicious because these smugglers are probably trying to smuggle a drug called XJ, which they've been trying to keep off of Fort Hope, but they just have no evidence right now. Did you mark down where uh, Boone threatens to put the guy? No. If he doesn't talk? No. Desert Prison 1. Oh, I did hear that. Desert Prison 1. Not I Desert miss, Prison 2. I miss that. It's Desert Prison 1. You don't want to go to 1. No, it's the worst. It's really bad food there. <laughs> it's the worst one. 2 is just like a white collar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Any, but it's like a beach day at this point, too. <laughs> but yes, uh, Boone, Boone's pretty upset over this whole thing because like his crew was wounded. They didn't get any evidence. And he's he's like shows up to Commander Wise's place. And he's, he's chewing him out for like the bad working conditions they're under. And... Basically, he's just like, how could these two, if my crew wasn't so tired, these two-bit thugs wouldn't get us. He's like, we've taken entire planets before. And I was just like, what? You've taken entire planets? What was also weird, though, is I know they're, they're going through this whole thing. It's like they're fighting the bureaucracy and the and budget cuts and stuff. It's like, but how did budget cuts have anything to do with them losing that battle to like three people? One person got kicked in the chest and one guy got his arm shot off. I'm like, that has nothing to do with budget cuts. One guy who shouldn't be working. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to do with budget well, cuts. And why just are they look at the guy? Pants? He shouldn't be like a on the floor guy. He no. should be behind. Yeah. Put him behind desk. a desk. That's I like that actor wants. though. He was. I mean, I remember him from back in the day. I don't know which from. It's but. true. We all agree. It's a good cast. Yeah. Except Billy Ray Cyrus would be better. Except Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, yeah. A hundred percent better. Um, but it's very funny because he's complaining about like how he needs like the crew needs rest and they need something else. And why is it just like, hey, um. I hear you're blaming your equipment. I hear you're saying your crew's tired. Why don't I get you some replacements to give your crew a break? And he flips out. He's like, no replacements for my crew. And yeah. He's like, what do you want, Boone? I don't understand what you're after. He just wants to be angry. He didn't come here to have someone give him solutions. But he gets one anyway. Yep. Old Wise has a new crew member. Yeah, did you get it? what his name is? Um, I did. Well, I got part of it. A bio unit 162 skin artificial droid intelligence unit yes he's an encephalitic yeah, biochip mobile unit and they call him they just call him a ringer ringer as in dead ringer as a dead ringer <laughs> i liked ringer a lot uh super creepy his little smiles made me laugh every time he is killing this actor yeah. 
they should have kicked off the rest of the cast. I hoped he was going to be... I'm going to spoil it, but I really wanted him to be like a continuous character. But I saw, I saw very quickly he was not going to be. His robot acting is so good. And he's so like yeah he anytime he says something and he wants to like put someone at ease he like smiles for like a quarter second he just like quarter. shoots a quick smile yeah. and then it goes away and you're like whoa weird yeah I liked him a lot I liked how he was like they one of the things that um, Doc said was Are you this good with everyone's do- job like it says that sort of setting it up that yeah. he's just gonna be an expert in everything well that's it I he mean, can do poetry with the alien guy he can like know all the little parts on the ship it's like. You Boone, know where like, it's going. Boone immediately hates him, but he's the best crew member. Like, he fixes the ship. He updates their operating system. Well, yeah, they don't. Yeah, but then they get all the secrets, and it's just like, yeah. This whole robot thing with uh, Ringer, though, is what we come to learn is it becomes a thing midway through the episode where I guess Wise is hoping to replace the Space Rangers with all droids, and there's this insane straw man argument where they're like, all droids would be better. It's like droids can't improvise only humans can do this job i'm just like just have some droids some humans you guys like this isn't an argument you need to have no it is at least have one to run the ship yeah he's clear like doc can't do his job this robot clearly should replace doc and and he's making improvements on the ship yeah he's fixing things he gets on the ship for two seconds flips open a panel fixes their stabilizers and doc's like how'd you do that (laughs) yeah doc you're the engineer you should know this he probably doesn't. He probably can't even see at this point. He's blind. Yeah. He's completely blind. He gave his ear away last episode, so he's yeah. deaf. Oh, that was from last episode. Yeah, he gave his ear to a deaf kid, so the deaf kid could hear. Yeah, that's that. how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is crazy. But let's let's get to know the bad guys in this episode. Was it a new bad guy? Yeah, all these everybody's new. Okay. So there's the uh, knockoff Cardassian who can dissolve, and he is a Bushid. Hmm. That's the name of his race. They're from the Ecard galaxy. Um, and we've talked about how they can molecularly break down and reconstitute themselves. But we haven't talked about how they have UV radiation that fuels their nervous system. <laughs> you love the science, huh? I, I, it doesn't make any sense, but it's just like, great. And, and like, Luke, he, physics. Physics. It's all because <laughs> of physics and also uh, not physics. <laughs> but essentially, he's from like a galaxy that's notorious for smugglers and like, this is kind of why he's running in this sort of background kind of criminal organization. And I really like that at some point, Dan Backman, our, our famous rookie on the show, he uh, he brings up... He's the crew member that... He never you, you, you don't really see him or do anything. Kincaid? Yeah, Kincaid. Yeah. What did you call him? He's a Backman. That's what his job is. Oh, that's why. I was like, why wouldn't you use his name? It's so easy. <laughs> We don't like him. <laughs> he's a pretty boy. I thought yeah. he was going to be the lead just no, because I looked pretty. at him and I was like, mm. he's not rough and tumble enough. He doesn't have a, you know, no, three, day, three day beard. He still, he still has his like haircut like he's in the army. He hasn't grown his mullet out yet. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if this was like super troopers and like to join the crew, you had to grow he a mullet. But uh, Dan Kincaid, Dan Backman, he, uh, he knows everything about this alien. That's a midpoint of the show. He's kind of giving us all the exposition. And when the entire crew looks at him like, how do you know all this stuff about this rare alien race? He's just like, don't you guys read Mimmer's alien life form reports? And they're like, no. Do you think Mimmer publishes a zine? <laughs> yes. Do you think Mimmer yes. has a zine about aliens that no one reads on the ship? <laughs> but more to your point, uh, which you mentioned last time, this is the least curious crew of people you'll ever have. They'll do stuff like that. Like, you guys didn't research any aliens? They're like, no. Aliens? Why would we care about aliens? In space? They just, As they don't care. Rangers on the, on the yeah, they don't care. They they really don't. Now, uh, our our friend Dissolvo, he's got a boss. 
His boss lives in a bright white room. So here's a question I had about this guy and this room. Um, <laughs> was it? A, was he in jail? Did they know where he was? Is he like He's... a known bad guy that they don't have any details on? So they're just allowed to walk in? He seems to be like a very wealthy person who they think probably has criminal connections, but no one can, because he's definitely on Fort Hope. Everyone knows who he is, Yeah, but they like, no one can get him, I guess. So he's like the big mastermind guy. Yeah. He's some, some sort of big wig at the uh, crim, crime factory. Yeah. I, I liked, I liked the look of him. I liked his weird semi-transparent clothing. I hated his hands. They made me really They're just long and like sharp fingernails. Very long fingernails. He is a, his name is Isagul. Which yeah. they keep saying, which is a great name. Yeah. It is a good one. Did you catch what race he is? No, no, I didn't. He's Habobo. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I did not catch that. They say if he does, he's like, he's Oh, I did. Hubobo. I did. I put Hoboba, though. <laughs> oh, maybe that's, that's the feminine. I, I didn't catch it. Xylan at some point sort of talks about their the key characteristics of his race. They're, they're very closed up with their emotions. They love to be suspected, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> and they have six ears. All over their body, <laughs> it's it's very strange. Yeah, that was. But he's he's, he's got a big bald bumpy head, which looks very gross, very cool, very drapey, mm-hmm. drapey uh, see through clothing. And did you notice when we first meet him? He seems to be in a tent. He has a harem of women re- uh, leaving, mm-hmm. and the music is strangely Middle Eastern. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's something. There's they're very clearly trying to draw a very bad parallel here. Well, I mean, again, the show is not. Uh... Sensitivity is not a strength. It certainly isn't. Look, it looks cheesy and dumb, but I like that at least there was a difference. It was all white. It mm-hmm. was weird to see. It, you knew you were in a different place than on the ship because everything in this show kind of kind of looks the same junky thing. So at least I like that. And I thought I like the actor. I like oh, the, the actor character design. Job. And I love that this show just has to have a duel at some point every episode. Well, I mean, it's this room is basically the opposite of all those black curtain rooms we've seen where they try yeah. to avoid showing what's going on. This time they couldn't afford a set, so they just draped white curtains everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Isagul has a problem, though, because he does run this crime syndicate. He wants his ship back from the Space Rangers, A. And B, he doesn't want this prisoner who's been captured to give away any secrets. So he sends old Dissolving Man to break into the prison he's being held. And uh, what they do is... a classic jeffrey epstein style suspicious oh, prison suicide wow. too soon he's too literally soon. hanging in his cell yeah. like yeah, i know fake suicide no totally but i mean also like that's been done before like the guy that can go through walls like i mean that's like an x-men type oh yeah like, everything in this well it's just odo <laughs> everything's been done before i know show. i just i have such a small reference library for this kind of <laughs> stuff and it's still so for like, you to have seen it all already <laughs> and you don't watch these shows is yeah. it is, is I really just, something i just even just the the droid and the cops and like having this partner like that's like six of the shows you guys have watched it is like an amalgamation not even a best of hits it's like a worst of hits of all these shows they're just like hey that was a cool scene let's stick in the episode like does it make any sense Eh, don't Mm. worry about it no one's paying attention well did you like this piece of science mumbo jumbo uh that the robot suggests when they find the dead body he's like why don't you uh, scan his brain uh like a microchip and uh the last images he saw it's it's like wild wild west that's a plot point from that movie yeah and I, i was like Oh, they can do that? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> but basically, they, they Mimmer runs it through, and they're able to like see it's like it's the fake Cardassian, like Kelly McKillop, and they're like, oh, definitely Isago. We have to get him somehow. And that's when they go to see him. And that's yeah. it. Boone and Zylan drop in on Isago to kind of like pump him for some information. Yeah. 
Is this when the flute sword fight happens, or is that yeah, next? This is, this is yeah. the flute sword fight. I liked I liked that a little bit. Those flute swords, they looked like they were made in a high school shop class by an anime fan. What I like though is um the guy who's playing um Isagol Zylan Zylan, he's really selling it like because it looks cheap. It looks really bad. It looks like it's made out of tin foil, and he's really like like taking it the knife or whatever on it on his arm and like look at the balance of it and all this stuff. And you're like, well, he's going for it because it looks terrible. Why is it called a flute sword? Because it made the, makes a noise when you're spinning wheeling around. it, spinning wielding around. it. Yeah, it sounds like a flute. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Not really. That's useful. Very useful. But yes, um, while they're there kind of trying to get some information of, because uh, Xylan, Courtney, if you didn't know, and viewers, if you didn't know, because it doesn't make any sense, is maybe an empath? Yeah, they, yeah, maybe. He can read maybe people's minds. Yeah. Or, or like he can at least, at the very least, sense things. So they've gone there to sort of break down his defenses. Basically, he's like bragging about how he's self-taught as a flute sword duelist. Mm-hmm. So Isagal's just like, well, I can't pass up this challenge. So they get in a bit of a sword fight, and Boone just kind of stands in the background uh, shouting insults at him. Yeah, which which that that if there's one way to tear down a guy's uh, defenses. Well, do he, they throw he throws out um, that Boone's wife left him back went back to Earth. Has that been established before? First yeah. episode. The first okay. episode they established him with a family and they decided that was a mistake after the pilot and Duck killed his family immediately. Killed them? <laughs> I mean, after the they might as well not exist. Well, no. They 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 implied that they his wife left Earth. him and went back to Earth. Okay. Yeah. Cuz I was just like that was just such a throwaway and I was like that feels important. No, no, that's in continuity. That is, okay. <laughs> it's not important, but it is in continuity. Got yeah. it. Okay. But yes, this this whole sword fight and insult session is mostly just there so that Zylan, they can leave and they're like, did it work, Zylan? Did you break down his defenses? Oh, wait, sorry. So you guys are saying that Zylan is the empath. Yes. Okay, yeah. that wasn't established yet. Yeah, not big head in a nighty. What's the thing that he wears around his neck? Is that <laughs> something? If he takes it off, he's just like a little angrier. Oh, really? Yeah. He becomes like, he's, it's, they sort of imply he'll become like Incredible Hulk if he takes it off. Not physically, but like, yeah. but, but nothing really changes yeah, when he takes it I, off. He's already very angry. Normally. He's already he's, angry, yeah. Is it this the episode that he bends somebody's uh, yeah, gun he, in half? He grabs a gun at some point and like, yeah. So I was like, what? Who is this guy? Why is he not the lead of the show? Way more interesting. Because, because he's not a white man. Well, they could have made him white and had all those <laughs> things. It's true. Give Boone some of those abilities. <laughs> Pen, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, essentially from this fight, they leave and Boone's like, all right, what kind of information did you get out of his brain while you were fighting him? He's like, well, he's definitely worried about something. <laughs> and that, like, I was like, oh my God, this team went on for so long for us to get like, he's a little worried about something. Here. Well, you had to get all that great fight choreography in. Yeah. He's very nervous. <laughs> anyway, Boone and crew have no leads still. Like we're what half an hour into the show and they've been like not I've finding stopped, information i've stopped the episode about 17 times at this point <laughs> and at this point they drop another like throwaway line that i'm like this why aren't we watching this show but it was like why don't we go look around the ship again the lawyers have to give isagal his ship back tomorrow <laughs> yeah because of because <laughs> of the laws lawyers. and i'm just like yeah i'll watch space law and order <laughs> i don't want to watch this i want to watch space law and order why why can't i watch the lawyers who are dealing with this guy <laughs> Just the bureaucratic paperwork. Well, you love bureaucratic paperwork. But the, pa- the paper's like circles or something. It, yeah, they're 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 like in court yelling at a judge yeah. to like extend the warrant. Oh, so good. <laughs> but they go up to the ship and they still can't find anything suspicious. Did you like how they did their next look around? They don't have equipment. Yeah. They don't have scanners. They're literally just like standing there 
staring at the wall being like, I don't see anything, you guys. What is it that that tips them off? It's they he finds his arm again, right? And is there there's residue on the arm? There's is powder. that what it is? Yeah, there's dust on his arm. Like they find the arm he shot Doc finds the arm that got shot off and there's powder on it. This is when Boone, in his infinite wisdom, does the famous, I'm going to test this substance. Don't you hate that? With my mouth. Yeah. It's it's poison. It's one of my least favorite things. It's drugs. Oh, I know it's this XJ stuff because I'm a drug addict. (laughs) Also, don't put weird powders in your mouth. It's space for fucking. It's such a classic cop thing they do in TV. It drives me nuts. I know. It's very funny. And then once he discovers that the powder on the arm is probably XJ, he's like, well, this gives me an idea. Doc, just start shooting at stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You laugh, but was it not effective? Did they not find the X-ray? Well, they, they shoot the container that the iron ore is in, and the iron, container's not made out of metal. It's made out of a white powder that's been formed into a container, which is also just the plot of traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was trying to place it. Good. Thank you. But essentially, they figured out they're smuggling XJ on a stolen ship that is... They formed it into containers and put iron ore inside of it. But it's so brittle that it could fall apart at any minute. And uh, how long do they have before those space lawyers get in? 24 hours. 24 hours. They should have had a clock on also just to like add that intensity. You know, just, We just watch a clock like running yeah, exactly. for hours on the 23rd hour. Hey, shoot that. <laughs> They've just been shooting things all over the ship. Yeah. It's been wrong every time though. Anyway, as soon as they discover that the containers are drugs... There's also suddenly like 25 smugglers on the yeah. ship also yeah. who've been hiding there since Inter- they captured it. In- insert firefight. Again. Well, they were basically like, guys, we're not going to attack unless they start shooting the containers. They didn't discover us when they captured the ship. We've been yeah. hiding in a closet yeah. this whole time. Well, I mean, to be fair, if they think it's just or maybe they're allowed to be on the ship or they have it. They have it hostage or whatever. Well, they, well the lawyers have it. All right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've already forgotten this joke. OK, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Anyway, another shootout breaks out. Jojo gets trapped in a net, as, as you do. Yeah. As the woman does. As Yes, very important. Well, well, you know what? If she had a little bit more mobility, with yeah. not having that corset on, maybe she could have got out. <laughs> She's like seven foot tall, according I mean, to Doc. <laughs> she should be able to maneuver he, Well, also, Doc only ever makes uh, comments about her appearance. Doc just calls her a man all the time because he thinks she's like disgusting looking. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And you, you calling her woman four times this episode is more than anyone on the show has ever given her any femininity in her entire life. Which I mean, there's a whole thing to that, but I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, they had a weird jokey thing that I was like, yeah, no, it's bad. It's very bad. I don't know. (laughs) Um, This is where we get to see where the robot comes in handy again. He can just take bullets like nobody's business. Yeah. He is, at this point, I was like... Well, they had established that before. much, much better Dude, he's than, than all the teams. These droids are awesome. I'm on Weiss's side. Yeah. He takes a bunch of shots from Dissolvo. Dissolvo is the best name. <laughs> Dissolvo is just like, oh, what do I do? And the robot's just like, well, I'm afraid you're under arrest. And he like gives a little wink. And then Dissolvo dissolves. <laughs> and it's, it's not an attack I would have thought would work. But it's not apparently, even an attack. I but think he's retreating. It's, yeah. it's it's very effective though. So what he does is he dissolves into a bunch of little balls that float around in the air. And I guess the robot is like a cat that is distracted by bugs or something, and it can't. It is too much information. It, well, basically, he's just like I haven't trained for this. I think the idea is that he, whoever programmed him had never seen this race of because it was so rare 
the, couldn't they hadn't it. programmed for the option when you meet this type of alien this is something they can do so he just lost his marbles and yeah, starts it, short-circuiting he and literally, he literally seems to go insane yeah just he's just tweaking out screaming about how my training my training and then Boone swoops in and shoots Dissolvo to death. Because, of course, yeah. he's the one that's got to do well, it. Well, he didn't know to improvise. He didn't know how to improvise. No. That is That is the big lesson here is that robots are bad improvisers. Yeah. See, Linda Hunt knew all along. <laughs> she did. That's why you can only trust a band of misfits, yeah, not, she, not robots. That's right. She makes a big argument for that misfits are the way to go. Yeah. How much did you like once, uh, when Dissolvo gets shot? He just explodes into more pieces. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the episode ends... Uh, Isigal gets away with it because there's just not enough evidence to charge him and everyone's sad and and we get to see Wiza packing up the robot into a box to send back to earth because he's because he's defective but they didn't turn the robot off so he's just like is constantly getting out of his box and wandering around it's crazy this show's crazy it's funny. Why, it's funny. why is it going back to earth I don't know what's just... happening on earth why are they we not don't know. on earth we don't know nothing's okay. happening on earth. well they're making robots and taking back wives that don't want to be in space so <laughs> I mean it seems better than space right now Luke, how much would you love a show about just a factory that makes robots? Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> uh, this specific, if this guy yeah. would play a thousand characters, I'd watch it um, forever. But uh, yeah, it basically the whole show wraps up. I guess they solve the mystery of what was on the ship. Well, they stopped twenty tons of XJ entering. All right, that was their success. They that didn't was, get the smuggler, yeah. but they certainly killed a lot of people. And we never really come back to old uh, uh, transparent nighty guy. No, no, he's fine. He's he gets away with it. Yeah, I feel He'll like I feel like he's one of those characters that, that would be coming back. Yeah, I assume five and six will be heavily devoted to. <laughs> well, they spent all this money on all his ears. Well, yeah, you got to find out where the other ones are. <laughs> they don't even show more than two on that head. No, though. I know. Well, Boone and kind Boone of creepy. Implies well, one's I... on his butt. <laughs> <laughs> you said butt. All right, let, let's get on to the next episode because we got so much more to go still. Here is the IMDb summary for episode four, Death Before Dishonor. In space, a man can live a million years in just a few days. And when you start to second guess your choices, you start to second guess yourself. Marla, an old flame of boons, is at Fort Hope to broker a trade deal with the warlike Velons, until Boone accidentally insults the Velon prince. Faced with a death sentence, how can Marla, Boone, and his crew escape their fate that was courtesy of jules taylor jules taylor is a good summarizer i liked that a lot that would have been very helpful to watch or read before i watched the episode there you go i mean jules top points loves this show he or she probably he uh yeah i would say has gone out of his way to help us on the podcast every every week quite eloquent i like it (laughs) as we get started i just wanted i brought this up last last episode but i mean the one we just talked about here is his voiceover at the beginning of this episode, which I was just like, what? what is happening? This has nothing to do with the episode. His voiceover is, in space, a man can live a million years in a few days. So when you start to second guess your choices, you start to second guess yourself. I'm like, those two sentences don't even match up. Did that happen in this episode? Yeah. That was his start to the episode. I'm just like, those two sentences. I don't, like, I, I write everything down. I didn't, I no recollection the of that. The VOs are just like, Random words strung together and then placed. But what what was it over top of? It's always an establishing shot of Fort Hope. 
where they do oh, a voiceover. No, right. maybe I skipped over it. To, I guess, set up the themes of living a million years in a few days in space. Exactly. Is, is that, he, is that he, what happens in this episode? Yeah. Is he referring yep. to relativity? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. What year is this? Do uh, they have to establish that? I think it's like 23 something. I can't remember. Okay. It's so, in the future, though. Really? <laughs> 1852. <laughs> yeah. But we oh, we open in this with uh, something, Luke. Did you recognize that this might be the same technology from Tech Horror? Yes. Yeah, they've got VR goggles on in a shooting gallery. It's almost exactly the same. This must just be where... Um, this is, yeah, what they thought. What, what Where VR was at and where they thought it was going to go. So, like, clearly not an original idea from two not very original, not good science fiction shows. What year was Tech Horror? ish around this time 394 so it's similar time time. okay cool i think uh you remember they they had the nintendo had their vr boy or whatever it was probably around this time it was like just a big clunky set of glasses that was uh just red and blue yeah it was real it was it was like looking at a game boy but uh really bad yeah anyways the the whole point of this is that you see him like shooting people and it's supposed to be like he's out in battle but like Within three seconds, you know it's some sort of training. Oh, sequence. you immediately know like, this and is it, not and real. And it sets up the really great theme of he might be getting a little older. Yeah, he- yeah. I was just gonna say, like, I just like how fixated he is. Like, they joke on like what his score is, and he's like, "Ha, it's no, po- not possible. I couldn't get like 80. He's so pissed about like five points. He's got 93. I'd be okay with 93. Yeah, he's he's just he, but it's, he's getting old. His his reflexes are slipping. My theory it's is all that uh, this TV show is uh, this episode in particular is just Star Trek two and Star Trek six jammed together. <laughs> oh, interesting. Is this that is the one with the whales? No, one that's four. It's the only one I've seen. <laughs> I ask that every time. I watch it, I <laughs> is it four? Is it the fourth one? <laughs> we we cut from uh, Boone being old to uh, trade negotiations with a race of warrior lizard people, the Velons. This is where the fruit comes in. Yeah, they are sitting around a table with some weird fruit and this. Oh, weird yeah. alien kind of picks this thing up and licks, li- it. <laughs> licks it like like this little like quick like he lizard licks it type way faster than you would lick something yeah i will say this about the prince Vilan here he is as good an actor as that robot his lizard neck movement do you think mm-hmm. that they're speeding stuff up because it didn't feel natural no, no it's no. all him he was doing that that he was, was very incredible. good incredible okay great okay, by the this. way and a little side note I was watching this and Laura was walking by and she saw part of the show. Her theory is, and this is after seeing a couple minutes of this episode, is that this is just a big satire. That this whole show, it's all intentional and it's a comedy that's pointing fun at the uh, of the conventions of sci-fi. I think that's giving the show way too much, but it's an interesting theory. Laura, you are more generous to the show than even Jordan. <laughs> you'll never listen to this either, so you'll never yeah. know I said yeah. that. <laughs> These uh, trade negotiations with the Velon. They don't really talk about their trading. I think they're trading starfruit or well, dragonfruit. What they're doing is uh, wise Chenault and uh, an unmarried woman. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, Marla Baker, Boone's ex. They're basically negotiating trade rights with the Velon. And what we kind of come to learn in this episode is that Fort Hope and apparently the entire region of space used to belong to the Velon. Yeah. And all of space? Well, this area anyway, because they're like, these are our ancient trading routes, and you guys just showed up like. There's no real backstory, so they just like throw random junk in there. Yeah, um, but I was like, "Did you guys steal this from the villain?" That, that's what they've implied. It seems to be the implication. But the talks are going well because humans would never steal from another race. Th- they've certainly never <laughs> colonized anything ever <laughs> that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, the talks are going well though, and like they're a warrior race. 
just like the Garaka, Xylon's uh, yeah. race. Everyone's so, a warrior race. Ever, lots of warrior races kicking around. Space is dangerous. It is dangerous. And, but the prince of their people, is, is he's actually a bit of a moderate. He's open to change. He's there to kind of like work this out. He's got an advisor who's a bit more militant, but the guy, you know. Mukluk? Mukluk? Was that his name? Mukluk mm. and Gorda? <laughs> I hope so. I hope that's correct. I love that it, comedy team. Um, but it's going well. Muck and Muck, um, I think. Do you recognize that actress, though? No. No. Claudia Christian? No. no, she was in a lot of a lot of stuff. Babylon Five being a major thing, she was on oh, for that's years, years and years. So I uh, definitely didn't see. So that. is JoJo. She's on Babylon Five too. I've not seen it. I was just. I've joking. never seen it either. But okay. like, uh, is it a movie? No, it's a TV, TV show. series uh, that came out the same month as the show. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember the ads for it. A lot of a lot of Babylon Five cast on this show. They all had they all had jobs after this show. Yeah. <laughs> Typecasting. Anyway, Marla takes the prince on a bit of a tour of um, the Fort Hope. He brings him to uh, our favorite space bar, Geno's. So Geno's has been a, a established before? Eh, vaguely. They've been to space bars before. But like the fact that it's named Geno's, fantastic. Uh, I think we saw Geno one time. He's like a weird alien. Oh, it's a guy. Okay, cool. Um, they get there. The alien race, they've never heard music before. It's blowing their minds. They don't have genders in their race, so they've never seen ladies before either. Also and, blowing uh, his mind. Jojo's there with uh, Boone, uh, drowning his sorrows about getting so old. And when the prince sees Jojo, he's just like, I got to touch that hair. Yeah, that look, was weird. Look at that hair. And he touches it. And she's like, hey, excuse me, sir. You, you can't touch my hair without permission. That's not right. And then she turns back around. And he's just like, well, I'm going to touch it anyway. <laughs> he's so, a prince. He's a prince. I'll touch whatever I want. And he, and he does. There's no consent I, in space. I mean, she's wearing a corset, right? She deserves it. <laughs> well, oh. Boone doesn't agree because Boone punches him right in the face. Yeah, because he's a meathead. And he causes... A diplomatic incident. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. He is he dumber he, in this episode than other ones? Uh, <laughs> can you be dumber than he is? <laughs> what I like though is he punches him out. Obviously, everyone's mad at him. There's this whole thing causing an incident, blah blah blah. And at some point, Marlo's obviously very angry because she's running these trade negotiations. And her exact line to him is, "She's so mad." She says, "Boone, you never could contain your contact sports to the opposite sex." Did Boone used to hit her? Oh, I didn't catch <laughs> that. I didn't catch that either. I, I feel like you might have misheard that. No, that's exactly what I went back and I was like, is she implying Boone hit her? I hope not. That would be awful. They, they do mention a few times that they maybe didn't have the best relationship. Yeah, I don't think. Mm, He's I a drug know. addict. He hits people. He hits women. Well, no wonder his wife and kids left. Him. I know. They had to get out of there. Anyway, to basically make up for this, there's only one solution. And that solution is Admiral Hardcastle. Has he been established before? <laughs> nope. Is that an actor I should know? Because he looks super familiar. I don't know. And then I all of a sudden him. something happens. And I'm like, well, I guess he's either a really awesome cameo or no one I've ever noticed. I think all the people that do uh, uh, one episode stints are much better than the actual cast. It's yeah. true. Uh, Admiral Hardcastle is going to have to meet with the prince, get on his knees, and beg for forgiveness. So, of course... He wants to get on the video phone with Boone so he can chew him out before that has to happen because, like, Boone really fucked him. Didn't you like, though, how the screen works? The screen just appears? Yeah. It's pretty, that's it's pretty like good. It's like a holographic flat screen that just kind of appears in the middle of the room. And uh, it's very funny. He's chewing Boone out, and Boone is still, like, smart-mouthing him the whole time. He like, can't in, help himself. In front of all his superiors. I'm just like, you You caused this. You caused an international incident. You can't even, like, humble yourself slightly. Yeah. And he's just like, jerks. <laughs> but, um... As Courtney said, she thought this was going to be a major character. I think so did we all because they keep saying Hardcastle constantly. But while he's on the video phone, the entire ship he's on explodes in a terrorist attack 
based on a bomb that was planted on it. And there's no one to apologize to the Vlons. Now, here's a question. Yes. They never get back to that either. Like, who uh, the hell nope. did that? They're, oh, no. They, they they do, sort of. Is but it, in is such a quick throw. Yeah, oh, tell yes. me how. I'm curious. I don't. I never caught how they... At the very, very end, there's like one quick throwaway line. This will ruin... Nothing, who cares? It's the episode. Muckluck, whatever his name is, he's clearly the bad guy that's pushing that he wants to... The, the advisor, yeah, who's yeah. more militant. At the very end, Gorda makes... You know, he's all like, you've been pushing this whole time. And you must be the one who made the explosion. And it's just uh, like, he just like kind of throws it. And you're like, what? what? But he just does it in a quick like line like it's nothing. And you're like, oh, oh okay. See, I, didn't, I missed it. Because I basically the ship explodes. And there's this whole scene where they're like, there's a bomb planted on it. The flight recorder is broken. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're going to have to solve this mystery. And then someone's just like, oh, let's let's solve this, liz- this lizard people problem. And like, let's not worry. about Like they... Yeah. give up but it's it's well, it's literally just like half a line thrown at the very end of the episode just be like oh yeah by the way we didn't we didn't miss that there it is i mean in a way oh my god it's either the lizard people or something else or but Boone. let's let's talk yeah boom, boom, i have a question it. though they did mention that the explosion was internal and deliberate yeah mm-hmm. how do you know that well yeah well how it's do you know the intentions of a bomb it's, it's from the uh, orange box that's all blown up that they seem to have but nothing else why how would that survive in space well it's like the black box i understand but it do- how but a black box but doesn't works, work but and it's orange. But, but, yeah, it's orange. But like in space, like who's retrieving that? It's not like it fell into the ocean. I assume it's Mimmer. Mimmer just goes out there. <laughs> in his little, yeah. little glasses. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I'm glad you you figured out who did the bomb because I honestly thought they just abandoned the entire plot yeah, line, which heard, essentially did. they did. I, did, I did too, yeah. But now that there's Hardcastle's dead and there's no one to apologize to the prince, they need a new solution. And that solution, Boone should apologize. <laughs> Why didn't they just do that first? I don't know. Yeah. Also, let me. Why don't you just kill Boone and then ask for the other guys of, of things? Give him Boone's head. Yeah. Let me point out something. This is a real nerdy thing, Luke. He gives them twenty-four hours to apologize. Why would he use that as the as the time? Well, the lawyer said he had twenty-four hours. <laughs> well, I know, but like space law. But it's like, who says that on Fort Hope? It's the day is twenty-four hours long. They said it was twenty-four solar, solar hours. hours. They well, did say well, that. That's the thing. Yeah. But they say solars, but then they also call them mo- their money solars. Their money's also solars. I know. Uh, I was like, that's confusing. They're like the Smurfs. Let's watch the Smurfs next. Sure. There's a in the final season of the Smurfs. They travel through time, so it counts. Oh, okay. The whole final season is them traveling. Steve through time. How love many it. seasons are there? I don't know. Seventy-eight. <laughs> I have no idea. Really? Um. There's only one woman on that show, too, so it's perfect. Perfect for us. It's right in theme. We, we hate a show with women. <laughs> um, you know what? That being said, Helen, Helen Hunt. <laughs> That's not her name. Linda Hunt? Linda Hunt. She's in this episode yeah. more? Less. Yeah. Um, she kind of shows up. I like her a lot. She, I, she's good in everything. She's very underutilized. <laughs> she's even feel, good as your Pixar character. How do you feel about Helen Hunt, though? Helen Hunt's pretty good, too. I'm a big fan. I think she's underrated. I'm a big Helen Hunt fan. I was talking about her work today. I was really? going on and on about Helen Hunt. Really? Call my coworkers. They'll they'll verify. <laughs> hmm. That's weird. Glad you guys are doing a lot of important stuff over there. Very important work. Um, anyway, so uh, they head up to the Velon ship to for Boone to make this apology and and Marla because she is um, an expert an expert on this stuff. She she kind of has a ritual she set up in order to like you know smooth things over. It's all symbolic gifts. She gives the gift of sand, mm. a gift of salt, a gift of a Fabergé egg. What I like though is she gives the gifts and she doesn't she doesn't give any uh, comment with it, but he fills in what the blanks, means. what it means. What I like is you could have just done something and you're like, oh, it's the salt you gave me because you know about this thing. And I'm like, oh, I just got lucky on that <laughs> one. Well, it was 
one of my favorite parts actually it's just like the way that that kind of like he, that interaction also he's eating a weird fruit right before this it's true but um a weird fruit so i liked that but uh he was just totally getting off on like how awesome these gifts were and like <laughs> laughing and like he's like ha ha magnificent this actor is like yeah. like very good doing so much work I, I wrote down all the specifics the first gift it was from the six planets the, the pure black sands of the beaches of rugula Arugula. Yeah, like, that was the first like, one. Like the leg- lettuce? Yep. Okay. And Or that's what I heard. Yeah. And from the Dow Mines, that's where the salt... And then from Earth, because of course, a Fabergé egg, which is the weirdest he thing ever. Yeah. He loved yeah. it. He loved, who doesn't yeah. love a Fabergé egg? And then, but what does Boone give? Well, what I like is yeah. she starts with this whole thing and she's like, Boone apologizing. He's like, ah, sorry, I guess. Like he gives yeah. the worst apology. But I guess since they don't know human emotions, they can't tell. But then Boone just like sees all these gifts go by. He's like, listen, Marla... I get this. I got this. I Step got down. This. And she's yeah. just like, please don't do this. And he's yeah. like, shut up. <laughs> and he reaches into his pocket. He's just like, this right here, this is my grandpa's lucky silver dollar. Lucky piece. Lucky piece. And he's like, since we're friends, why don't you have it? And he like flips it in the air to, to him and he catches it out of the air. I think you're being a little unfair in that. I think he was trying to be pretty sincere in that moment. It's just funny because he completely fucks it up because it starts burning this guy's hand. Like they're they're also vampires i don't know they're yeah they're very allergic to silver apparently yeah but it was i think he was kind of like i thought he was doing a good job yeah, it, was, it was a nice present definitely um marla could tell at first but like you they go into it later like he's like well, why didn't you stop me if you know everything and he's like i didn't know that well they didn't want the writers didn't want her to be smarter than him because well, they had to point out that not. she doesn't know everything yeah. well, i mean for the rest of the episode because after he burns the prince basically they're like all thrown into light jail which is just beams of light that keep you yeah in a it didn't look great it was not not the best work they've done and they constantly go back to this jail cell and it's just you're right. It's Boone quizzing her about why she didn't know something about this alien race, and then him berating her for not knowing. Do you know what? Yeah. Do you guys remember what else we found out in that jail cell? What else? Oh yeah, that's right. Boone's birthday. <laughs> Twenty five <laughs> minutes in the episode. Yeah. It's Boone's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they really want to ram home that plot they haven't mentioned in several scenes that he feels like he's getting old. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with this episode. Why did they mention at the top of this when he said he was getting old that it was his birthday? It was edited out for sure. Time cuts. They only had twenty four solar hours. But so they're they're in they're now prisoners of war and it's like how can it get worse for them? Well, it it does get worse it because does. it's going to be execution by spindle. Which didn't you guys expect something completely different than what it was? Like I was kind of pleasantly surprised. No, because it's Star Trek too. I well that's true. oh I, is it? I thought oh. a spin. I thought the spin. I thought I also thought a spindle. I'm like are they going to spin him around a lot or something? I thought so. I yeah, thought it was no. going to be like uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't really, but good. I thought yeah. But no, yes, it is Star Trek 2. What they have is a really big centipede, like a really giant, gross centipede. Like a gross, gross. Like that is in my notes and caps. Gross. I mean, this was a good move on their part, just getting a giant centipede. They uh, put it in a straw and they <laughs> shoved that straw up Boone's nose. It's going to eat his brain. Yeah. I like that. Couldn't you just put the centipede in the nose? It has to make a trip well, to get there. Well, I think I think that's part of it, though, because it's like... it's The anticipation. The anticipation. Because it it's, it's clear. And there's yeah. also like... How else are you going to negotiate yourself out of this if they just put it right up his nose? That's true. It's true. You're right. I take it's it back. Pure Part. evil genius having to tell the plan so there's enough time for them to get out of it. Got to have a long enough straw for the centipede to crawl through. Oh, so gross. But we find out very soon, and I don't know if it's she says it in, uh, uh, Marla says it in prison or right now and then uh, Boone kicks in, but we find out that the Velons 
they rise the ranks in society not based on family, but based on combat. Mortal combat. I wrote a K. Yeah. Have a C Get there. over so, here. So, so Boone realizes it's been at least 20 minutes since we've had a duel in this show. Yeah. I challenge you to a duel. Of course. A Tuka duel. Yeah, Tuka duel. Duka, the Mortal Combat of the Vilon. <laughs> also, just a side note, that Whis character, total dick. He's just playing chess this I, whole time. We'll, let's talk about this now then if you're going to bring this up because there's... It's going on in the side of this episode and it doesn't affect anything that's happening. But it's just him and Linda Hunt arguing about strategy. And Linda Hunt hates that he's using anything so hoity-toity as chess to talk about strategy. To the point where he's like, he's like, everything is a move and you move your piece here and there. And she's like, shut up. And she starts throwing his pieces across the room like a child. Yeah, she yes, made her point. It wasn't great. I felt so. I'm just like, Linda Hunt, they're giving everything to Velon and nothing to you. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't have a lot to work with. It's true. It is watching her. But she, he's an awful character. Like he's so mean. He's I don't a, think he's that mean. Uh, I actually think he's very reasonable. Mm, he's, I, yeah, like he's, I think he's not bad. It's it's the other guy who's really the problem. What's the name? Guckluck. Well, yes. Okay, we'll get back to him. For sure. <laughs> anyway, yes, it's it's a challenge to Mortal Kombat. He can't resist it. He can't resist it, but in order to have Mortal Kombat, you have to offer something to your opponent. So Boone offers up Fort Hope. Line. Mm-hmm. Well, not first. And not first. He says, I'll give you my life. Ha! I have that already. <laughs> Loved it. And that was a great. I also thought it was like, Loved that's it. a great retort. I'm like, yeah, apparently got- liking this episode way more than I rated it because reliving <laughs> these lines is You're just, just liking Velon more. Velon's yeah. the best. He was the best. Well, again, another show I would watch. Velon, the show. <laughs> just him, though. Um, so they end up back at Fort Hope because that's where the oh yeah so sorry be. so they do offer up Fort Hope I wasn't un- I was unclear about that well they go to a commercial break when they come back that that's the big reveal is that, like, like who lets him do that well that's it I'm like what right do you have to offer up this place you're an idiot <laughs> who has no power whatever it doesn't matter fine okay they're back on Fort Hope they have to have stakes that's right old Daniel Backman what's his name Kincaid. Kincaid. Old Daniel Kincaid. Oh, that's right. We we forgot his weird plot line. That of, they, they the implied... prostitute yeah. at the beginning. We'll get to it at the yeah. end. I just I put it right at the end because it makes because it's nothing. It's I literally nothing. wrote that though. I was like, did they just he just borrow money to go use a prostitute, yeah. a that's space prostitute? What it looks like at the start. Yeah. Okay. But Boone corners him and gives him all of his money and says, "Go bet a thousand solars against me." And I was just like, oh. That's nice, at least. Like, he wants to leave something for his daughter back home. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And he's just like, and when I die, throw me a really kick-ass funeral, man. I wanted to be fucking bitching. Yeah. He wants a cake that says, John Boone lived his life without regret. It's the longest thing. <laughs> <laughs> and a problem. Okay, keep 10% for yourself. Uh, Boone is... I think you're right. I think he maybe is getting stupider. Yeah, he might be getting well, stupider. Well, it's because he's older. That's he got older. He got stupider. And then, of course, uh, Daniel... He, he doesn't do that. He goes and makes the bet and he bets on Boone because he can't follow in order. To better odds, it. though. Better. It's true. Better. Ten to one. Yeah. Ten to one. Seems those odds are even low. He should be much yeah. higher. But um, essentially, the, there's a bit of a... Sorry? The training session? Yes, the training Which session. Which felt like a little bit like it was a flashback at the beginning. It just is weird the it way was it was shot. shot weirdly. It's badly I, cut. I, I got there eventually, but I was like, what is happening again? Boone, Boone's taken by Xylon to do some training before his fight. And w- not uh, Zylon. Oh yeah, Zylon. I never got the guy's character, so that's fine. Okay. What uh, what is his core message? What is Zylon's core message? Would you say in this in this training sequence? Be like the water. <laughs> Says that arguably twenty five times. And I, what I like is though, I'll give this to Boone. He reacted much like I would if I was in the training sequence. I knew I was like near death, and I need some secret. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? He's like, be like the water. He's like, okay, okay, I got it. It's philosophical. So what do I gotta do? 
be like the water man. It's like, okay, what do I got to do? Be like the water. It's just over and over. And I was like, okay, I'm getting irritated with you too. Well, it's great because that goes on for, you know, a good two minutes. And as the scene ends, he's like, oh, by the way, uh, my people know a secret uh, weakness that yeah. this uh, V-Lons have. So uh, I'll tell you that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not on camera. Be prepared to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can't possibly tell you what it is. And uh, we finally move on to fight night. Mm-hmm. It's in Geno's. It's uh, it's it's the pay per view event of the season. It looks yeah. like a fighting ring all of a sudden with the extra layers and stuff. Like I was like, this is so weird. S- speaking of speaking of Zylon and uh, information that could have been useful earlier, did you notice as he gets into the ring with uh, with the Vlon Prince, Zylon yells out, "Don't look in his eyes. He can freeze you with his eyes." <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Don't look in his eyes. It was yeah. weird because I thought I, I was like, why did he mention that at all during the training? <laughs> I was just like, I was, and it doesn't come up. I I, I did I did make a note about something about not looking in his eyes long, but I was like, I didn't catch why. Like I missed that completely. I was too interested in whatever the hell Boone was wearing. It looked like a silk jacket. I'm like, silk jacket and like a gray, like I'm like, dress up, you're he's, about to die. He's basically in sweats and, yeah. and the V Line Prince is in like a warrior. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It was it was some interesting costume choices for sure. Oh my god. And they get like uh two staffs with knives at the end and they fight in a ring that's also about three feet long. It's it, the smallest it was, ring ever. It was the size of this room. I, what I liked is like the fight starts and the first move is the Vlon Prince knocks him down and he just lands on his stomach. And I'm like, well, you're dead. Like, you're, There's no way he couldn't have just killed you. Like he must be showboating because you just laid on your stomach. <laughs> he just turtles. He just turtles. <laughs> but uh, basically the fight will go on for a while. They, they're, they're going back and forth. Sticks swinging. Sticks getting shit knocked out of their hands. Finally, Boone gets the upper hand by doing a flying drop kick. Yeah, the classic move. It's the only way to stop someone. He was watching uh, the um, Planet, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Every science fiction show, drop kick. Really? Okay. And then he finally goes for the... We finally get to see the one weakness that the uh, Velons have. And Co- Courtney, you have to tell me what the weakness is because I still don't understand what it's it was. pulling the skin up of, up like this it's and like, holding their face like they're jowls. Yeah, it's grabbing, grabbing a Velon by his jowls. <laughs> I, it doesn't make any sense. It gives him There's such a, a headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does say that. Yeah, he says he had the worst funny. headache of his life. Yeah. And anyway, so the prince is out. He's like laying on the ground, like gurgling <laughs> and rolling around for some reason after his jowls have been tugged on. It's like it's like fighting uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference for the kids. He's fighting Richard Nixon. <laughs> He's a real jolly guy. <laughs> Uh, and of course Boone uh, refuses to kill him in Mortal Kombat because yeah. he's a good man that Boone at which point I guess this is where it all comes out because this uh, this advisor who we've forgotten about because he hasn't been around lately jumps out and he's like well if you're not going to kill him I'm going to kill him and he goes to stab him and he's just like you're too weak you're too weak to lead our people and uh, Jojo steps up and just punches him Jojo like out of yeah. nowhere is like I'm going to punch you now and I guess that's it and then like the prince gets up and he's like hey Boone you and me, we're bros now. That was great. I had a great time. Uh, let's have peace. Yeah, humans are humans are better than I thought they and were. For whatever reason, even though he's been screwing up everything and almost caused a catastrophic war, Baker's like, I like him again. Yeah, and, and, they, and they just start kissing. She's like, How about we make out a little? Did I, they actually yeah. kiss? Yeah. No, they no, got interrupted. They got interrupted. No, no, they got interrupted. Then they stopped and then kissed again. Oh, uh, and then the prostitute thing comes. Then back. the prostitute thing. Well, that's comes. right. This is. Where this final subplot comes in at Boone's birthday party. Can you call party. this a subplot? This I mean, was, this was a note, a they, footnote. They, they, at they best. came back to it a couple times. Yeah, they're they're at Boone's birthday party. Um, Boone has got his ex girlfriend back, 
who he's abused so much. <laughs> and like Courtney said, at the beginning, we see Daniel trying to get money and he wanders off with a woman and who everyone obviously wrote the same note. Is he leaving with a prostitute? Because that's what it looks like. And and he, he keeps having run out to grab money because he needs he, to pay yeah, for he these keeps dates. Needing and money. This, this bar is on the spaceship. This is all happening. It's on all in Fort Hope. No, no, it's the, it's on the planet. Oh, it's the planet. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And he's just like, you guys, I haven't been sleeping with a prostitute. Let me introduce you to my fiance. And I was just like, oh, that's a that was an unexpected turn. Um, but Boone Caesar is just like, do you want to know you? Yeah, I, I was really worried where that was headed, yeah. but it wasn't where it was. I thought it was going. Yeah. And uh, Boone goes and talks to Jojo. And he's like, Jojo, do you recognize uh, his fiance? And she's like, oh, yeah. He's got a nose job and a cheek job. I know who that is. And she walks over and she announces, you're some sort of space ranger black widow who kills space rangers or dates space <laughs> rangers with a good insurance, insurance policy, policy and then takes the money. And then she punches her in the face. And then the credits roll. Yeah, it, it made no sense. <laughs> At all. You never know what's going to happen on Space Rangers. <laughs> you truly <laughs> can never guess. Is JoJo human? Yes. Yeah, but she's. It's but now she's a planet a that they became Amaz- Amazonians because all the men left. Is that a lie? No, that's true. <laughs> really? Yeah. So all the women are Amazons on Four Hope? No, 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 no. On uh, New Venus. Oh, God. Yeah, this show is <laughs> real good. <laughs> they all wear horses on the planet. Corsets. Mm-hmm. I said r- ride horses. Well, they probably ride horses while wearing corsets. Mm-hmm. You know, if we ever go to New Venus, it's What's definitely a good corset. It's definitely going to be like a Genesis. Yeah, like that, it's going to be a Roddenberry fantasy for sure. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to whip me, are you? <laughs> I'm shaking my head for the people that can't see me right now. All right, that wraps up these two episodes. Does anybody have any final notes before we get into the ratings? Please don't make me watch something this bad again. I felt I, I didn't want to like tip our hands on this. I thought this was a Chris Carter. I thought you told me I was watching another Chris Carter I, show. No, 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 no. You lied to me. I never said it that. It was halfway through it after he talked to me about Penn creating it that I realized, <laughs> wait, this is supposed to be a Chris Carter show. No, I never said that. I, <laughs> I, all weekend I wanted to text you and apologize, but I didn't want to tip my hand in case you hadn't watched it yet. <laughs> well, like, you're good, good, because I watched one on Saturday and one on Sunday, right up to the hour, or Sunday and Monday, I should say. I, I have a final note to make on this because mm-hmm. I noticed it in the credits this time through. Did you happen to catch who one of the composers on the show? Yeah, Hans yes. Zimmer. That was, I thought I you guys, I just assumed you guys had talked about that before. No, no uh, Hans Zimmer with another guy. And, do you guys know the controversy around Hans Zimmer? That he doesn't write any of his own music? Yes. That he, is that true? I, I just made that up. He, I've actually never heard that before. He kind of has started a company in which he'll get hired for a movie and he'll like whip up a couple sketches for some ideas. And then basically he has a bunch of composers work for him. He's like, uh, you is go, Andy Warholing it? You go do, yeah, you go do this scene, you go do this scene, you go do this scene. So when I saw he's doing the score for this show, it's not a particularly good score by any means, but it's him sharing the credit with someone else. I'm like, is this the beginning of his factory is he like i'll get hired you you'll do it with me but mostly i'm just going to tell you like i don't know uh it's got a it's got a zingy flair put it together well Mm. is that a problem people work together all the time i mean it's it's a question around him like this is the controversy that swirls around him. i mean i mean more importantly this doesn't sound like music from regardless of rumors whatever a uh, pirates of the caribbean or anything yeah someone who has a uh, well-regarded and long history yeah. of music and music that people know. This was a favor. I, I don't know. But like I saw it too and it was like, geez, this, this music is I mean, particularly bad. It, it's got to be just the jet. Like it's, he showed up. 
I think this is absolutely what happened. He showed up. He threw a couple ideas out there. Some other guy composed the rest of it. And he's just like, because like that's, or he's he like, that's quit, all the effort. But it's in his contract that he has to get some sort mm. of credit. Maybe, maybe he composed the amazing theme score. <laughs> oh yeah, the theme is great. There were moments I, I really feel like I did hate on the show the entire time. There was some good characters. I liked the Zelon guy and I liked Ringer. All right. Well, why don't, why don't we get into the ratings then? So, Courtney. Yes. The replacements. That was the first one. The first one with the robot. I gave it a four. A four. Very, uh, pretty good score for this show. I, I would feel say. like my my old scores were like seven, though. So this is pretty. I'd I'd be interested to know what I I rated I, before. I think this show. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say, it's a six. I think. I think the robot's great. Isabel's great. Some elements of it are kind of working. Uh, there's there's enough to like suffer through i think six jordan i'm pretty close on this i'm actually giving this a six and a half it's weirdly it was my least favorite episode so far and i know th- there's no real reasoning behind that i just it wasn't as zany as some of the other ones and that's what i like i like when you're just like none of this makes any sense i, I want it to be cobbled together all right well then let's move on to yeah. what certainly will be a better score death before dishonor well, I mean, I gave it, I gave it four point five, hmm. but I think like maybe I was being a little harsh. You probably not. I would say uh, five. Well, I don't know. Do I give it a five? Do I go up? It's your call. I mean, you have to live with this. I know I have to live with it. <laughs> this will rest on your soul this evening as you try to go to bed. Did that act? Do we look into this actor that played this guy? He was really good. Is he in other stuff? Well, I don't know. I didn't look him up. We'll look him up next time. Okay. Well, I'm gonna stick with four point five then. Four point five. I will say I loved Vilan. That actor gave it his all. That was not his name, by the way. That was, that was the race. race. I know. He's the Vilan prince. I don't know. I don't know. Gorda. Gorda. <laughs> I think he did so much with that character. He chewed the scenery in every scene he's in. You know, I like a giant centipede getting shoved up someone's nose. That's I pretty did. good. I did not like that. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of it's trash. It's a. am going to give it two. Two? <laughs> he, he only got two out of that? Yeah, it's him and the scorpion and the, the the centipede. I disagree. I think this was a better episode. I love that they have plot lines that don't make any sense. That they feel they still need to jam in, like uh, what's his face and his maybe prostitute uh, fiance. Seven out of ten. It's crazy. That is crazy. This shows at its best when it's not trying to be anything. When it's just like we're a dumb space adventure. Who cares? Science boring. That's when the show's at its best. When it's at its worst is when it's trying to have like some sort of like messaging. It's like no, leave that to like well-written shows. This show's never at its best. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to watch, listen to the first two episodes of the show to see if anything makes more sense. Wait no, till you hear Jordan's outrageous scores in the first episode. High must have been. Yeah, Don't they were tell. higher than this. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. Courtney, thanks again for coming back, and I'm sorry the show was the show. No, you, had you know to watch. what? It's okay. I do love coming on the show. I feel like I am learning stuff. More from listening to the podcast about the genre than probably, thank God, watching stuff. But um, yeah, this was not this was not a winner. <laughs> well, well, I never thought I would look at Harsh Realm so fondly, but it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll pick a TV movie next time. A just, fun TV movie. I just something that is like from beginning to end. At least <laughs> one story is being told. I mean, you could say that this is not. Um, it doesn't yeah, it, continue. What, what it's individual episodes. It doesn't matter. I'm learning that, even though it feels like it should, but. It's fine. 
I think I just want, I'm just grasping at straws. This well, has to make sense somewhere, right? Thank you for being here, Courtney. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. In the meantime, listener, uh, you can write into us about, um, I don't know, uh, Vlon fighting styles. I don't know what you can write in about these shows. Mechanical arm comedy. Yeah, something. something. Where can we mail stuff? Is there a PO box or something? There isn't. But if you really need to send us something, just email uh, continuumdrag at gmail.com and we'll figure that out if you're so desperate to send us something. <laughs> Otherwise, there will obviously be some really crazy stuff from this show on Instagram and Twitter. I think. Instagram and Twitter is where this show is going to shine. Yeah. I think you're going to think Jordan's ratings are correct if you look at them on Instagram you got, Twitter. You got people getting burned by silver. You got weird licking fruit. You got everything. Definitely. You've got it all. Uh, alien with ears on his face. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's it wraps it up for the episode. So, listener, thanks for joining us. And Jordan, see you next week. See you then. <laughs> Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.